Hello and welcome to Packaging Talks. In this episode of Packaging Talks, Riya Singhal in conversation with Dr. Ranga Prasad talks about her entrepreneurial journey, genesis of her company Ecoware, India's first and largest sustainable packaging company, challenges in standardizing bio-based and compostable packaging, and her vision for driving women empowerment and high social impact along with business. Riya Mazumdar Singhal is the founder and CEO of Ecoware. Ecoware created a new packaging paradigm in India that recognized a natural, eco-friendly and easily affordable alternative to commoditize single-use plastics. Riya is a Nari Shakti Puraskar awardee, the country's highest civilian honor for a woman by the President of India and a young global leader of the World Economic Forum. Riya holds various honorary positions in organizations championing women empowerment and sustainability. Let us tune into the conversation. Hello everyone and welcome to the 11th episode of Packaging Talks, podcast series brought to you by Packaging 360. Today, our guest is uh, Rhea Mazumdar Singhal, co-founder of uh, Ecoware. Welcome to the podcast, Rhea. Thank you, Dr. Ranga Prasad. Thank you for having me here today. Rhea, you have a totally different background from what I saw on LinkedIn and other various other sources. So could you tell us uh, with such different background, what was the motivation to come into the packaging business and more so into uh, what is referred to as sustainable packaging business? Of course. Uh, so by way of background, I am a pharmacologist. I used to work for Pfizer in the United Kingdom and I was there for about five years. I think everyone now is familiar with Pfizer because of COVID and the vaccinations. But I decided to leave all of that and move to India and become an entrepreneur in about 2009. And I think when I, I got here, there were a couple of things that struck me. I um, Mind you, I know I was born in India, but I had never lived here as an adult or worked here. And I think that when I finally arrived in 2009, it was two things that struck me the most was one, that we threw all our waste in one dustbin. And that was just something I had not done as an adult. And the second thing was that we were so freely eating out of plastics and using plastic and styrofoam. It seemed to be the only packaging that was being used at the time. And no one really understood the negative Im- impact on the environment or on human health. And the motivation behind Ecoware uh, was very was threefold. One was to provide something that allowed humanity to eat safely. So it didn't change the nutritional value of the food that you put in it. It didn't end up in the ever-growing landfills. So it was safe for the environment. You know, the second thing is that we were a purpose-driven organization. So we were very clear that we wanted to create impact in everything that we did. And the third was authenticity because there's an absolute, you know, immense amount of greenwash that is out there and we, we're very clear that we wanted to provide, you know, a genuine, true solution to a, an escalating problem, ultimately. So we, at Ecoware, we use agricultural waste, typically wheat, rice, sugarcane, and through a thermal forming process, we convert it into brand new experience for the food and beverage industry, thereby displacing single-use plastic. You know, our products are made to be used in the fridge, the refrigerator, the microwave, the oven, the sustained temperature range from minus 20 to 180 degrees. Every claim that we make on the product is certified and that too by global standards. So we have our BPI, our UK compost, you know, Green Label Singapore a certification. And the 
um, the ultimate thing is that it's backyard biodegradable. So unlike plastic, it's not going to outlive you. Uh, if you have access to a garden or a compost pit, fantastic. Dig a hole, put ecoware in there, cover it with soil, and it will break down in 90 days. And that's certified by the USDA, which is the United States Department of Agriculture. And if it does end up in a landfill, because waste management and waste segregation is still a huge challenge uh, in most Southeast Asian countries, like I said, once it comes in contact with soil, it will break down anyway. So it's not going to lie there forever. You know, and ultimately, packaging is so much more than just protecting a product. It's an essential marketing tool which supports branding, emphasizes the product's best features, and creates an unforgettable experience for the customer and is part of your brand promise. Um, so we really feel that it needs to be elevated to the next level. Yeah, that's pretty uh, inspiring. But in your initial days, let's say, what were the kind of technical or entrepreneurial challenges that you faced? Because coming from a different background, you had to probably start everything from the scratch, including product development, raising funds for your ventures. So could you just share some of those challenges and how did you manage to overcome and ultimately uh, realize your ambition to set up this uh, organization? Of course. I mean, uh, you know, there have been a fair set of challenges. I think one of our deepest and I think largest challenge remains the lack of awareness and education. Right. So when we started, nobody knew what it meant for a product to be truly biodegradable or compostable and what that what that genuinely meant. You know, till today, there is very little certification or standards that govern us in India, which is why we've looked at global standards and global certification. And we've spent a lot of time educating at a grassroots level to say that, you know, we're out to look. This is a closed loop solution and this is what biodegradable means and this is what compostable means. So education and awareness play a huge part. And mind you, we started in 2009, so this was much before any Swachh Bharat campaign, any Clean India. We were at a phase where I think we had a lot of bans that were there that existed, but were never enforced. And I feel that when you educate somebody, the change in behavior is more likely to stick because it's an educated choice versus a ban being forced down them. So till today, creating awareness and education remains um, a, a huge part of our, our commitment towards sustainability. The second was, I think, just, you know, creating a market. We obviously, our wholesale markets in Delhi and CR revolve around Chandi Chowk and Sadar Bazaar. So to convince generational traders that sat there to ditch the plastic and to sell ecoware instead was quite a challenge. And mind you, that was a product at the time that, you know, they'd never seen before. So for a 27 year old woman to say that, forget plastic, you sell this instead, this is the future, certainly took some convincing. We've had, you know, no support from the government. So one of our challenges even today remains lobbying of GST exposure. So we are currently exposed to a 12% GST on our product. You know, we would ideally like to have that down to zero, if not certainly lower than 12%. We are always, the, we're lobbying for because we feel that the, you know, it'll just help make it more commercially viable and it will just help mass adoption basically. So these were, I would say are the, the key challenges that we faced so far. You said, uh, you started your journey in 2009 as a startup organization when, you know, the concept, as you said, uh, the concept of Swachh Bharat and uh, the other startup revolution associated with sustainable packaging weren't there on the scenario. So from there, what were the initial markets that you created and how have you been able to grow this market in the last 10 years? Just take us through the journey of what kind of customers were there 
brand owners who accepted your product or the, were the institutional buyers? How did you build the growth path for your organization? So I think that, you know, honestly, when we started, started as a bit of an experiment, part of my market research was going into these wholesale markets. I picked five things that sold well in plastic and styrofoam. And I said, let's just order, let's just provide a healthier alternative and see what happens. So we started off pretty much in the plate and bowl business, which was catered more towards dine-in. And, you know, the way the market is evolving in the last 11 years, we've seen food tech come up. We've seen more deliveries happen. We've seen more cloud kitchens, especially post-COVID as well. We've seen F&B really steer towards uh, the delivery model. So I think it's fair to say that we certainly started in the, you know, a dine-in, but we've We've, in terms of our products, we've really evolved to cater to the, the takeaway in the delivery market. Our revenue channels on a whole include one, which is the travel food sector. So, you know, one of the biggest feathers in our cap is convincing the Indian railways to ditch their aluminum casseroles and to replace that with our biodegradable trays. The second is the quick service restaurant segment. So we've worked with the likes of Aldiran, Starbucks, Cinnabon. The third is large-scale office canteens. So we have Pan-India contracts with the likes of Sapient, Bain, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan. The third, obviously this was more pre-COVID, but we've done a lot of zero-waste events, be it sporting events, be it musical concerts, etc. And the last is obviously we, you know, we retail online and offline. So we are, uh, we have our own e-commerce platform called ecoware.in and we also uh, retail uh, online on Amazon. India and other Amazon, other global Amazon platforms as well. And we export. So we export as close as Sri Lanka and as far as South America. In terms of brand owners that were the early adopters of our product, Haldirams has been an anchor customer for us, you know, from almost 2011. The first largest customer we secured in 2010 was the Commonwealth Games. You know, so we catered to all the stadiums as well as the games village and we had the opportunity to work with players like Taj Sats, Season Catering, the IRCTC. So, you know, we've basically evolved from there and now we are, we've got a mixed bag of customers, like I've mentioned. So there's, there is the institutional, there are individual brand, single owner restaurants, uh, there are retailers. It's, it's a mixed bag basically. Yeah, there's a general perception or general belief among uh, laymen that the kind of uh, solutions that uh, you know, most of these so-called eco-based products offer is mainly for dry and uh, solid products. But when it comes to liquid products, say, let's say beverages or even in the FMCG space, like say liquid detergents or uh, cleaners, etc. The market size, of course, of these products are much bigger than uh, waiting to be tapped. So are you looking at these uh, products where your solutions can you know, be able to give a packaging solution to these kind of products as well. So what are the challenges that you face when, especially when you deal with liquid products? Right. So yes, I mean, we are definitely looking at other industries because I think we've done really well in F&B and we're always now, you know, moving ahead as an organization, we're certainly looking at other industries that we can help to reduce their plastic footprint. Now, when you mentioned liquid detergents and the likes, so what happens with, you know, plant-based material is that it is, if you've not added anything to it, it is basically it's completely, and it's just virgin material, it, the plant fiber will breathe eventually, right? So that does require some form of a lining to be put on it. Currently with our food packaging, we don't add anything. 
which is why, and I think that's one of the reasons that it is, it doesn't require industrial composting. It can be, you can, like I said, put it in your backyard and will break down. The minute you add something to, to the plant fiber, such as the lining, you've got to make sure of the end of life of the product and the process that's required for that, that closed loop to happen. Right. Um, so I think, like I said, in India and most Southeast Asian countries, one of the challenges that we face is waste management and waste segregation. So we're not really seeing any industrial composting facilities, et cetera. And I believe that products that are lined would require those sort of facilities to break down. So I think if, if the innovation for the product, as well as the end of life facility can go hand in hand, I, I don't see why it doesn't work out. Yeah, where do you see yourself or where in 10 years from now, or rather what is the vision for, uh, let's say in the next 10 years? As I mentioned, we are keen to support under other industries to help reduce their plastic footprint, be it the e-commerce, be it medical, you know, other FMCG. That's one thing, you know, the second is that we've obviously seen the awareness around single use plastic escalate now, and we're looking, you know, we're seeing a lot more plastic bans coming globally. So we see a lot of growth in the food and beverage sector. And for us, there's plug and play growth that we want to, that we want to be a part of because single use plastic is a global problem and we wish to be a global solution. The third thing is that just R and D around feedstock, you know, is something that's really important because we are a biomass rich nation. So to see what types of agri waste and how much of it that we can use and consume as our raw material is always a very important part of what we do. And the third thing is just to simply scale our impact. You know, we are really proud of the impact that we've created in the last 11 years. It's been threefold from an environment perspective, hundred percent of our revenue is derived from a circular economy model. We've got social studies done on us to show for every dollar invested in the company, there's a two and a half, $2.47 return. You know, from a social perspective, we create an industry that never existed before. I'm really passionate about improving the role of women in manufacturing. And we want to create more jobs now and opportunity now more than ever. And from a health perspective, you know, we've just got fewer people using plastic, which I think is better for them and the environment. And that's something that we're looking to scale. Great, Ria. Thank you for sharing your ideas and your journey and also the vision for the future. It was great talking to you. Thank you for your time and being a part of Packaging Talks. On behalf of uh, Packaging 360 team, we wish you all the very best in your future endeavors. Thank you. It's been it's been a very it's been an exciting interaction, and I uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, do check out other episodes of Packaging Talks on www.packaging360.in or on your favorite podcast app.